I'd play in it to win at the divorce lawsuit. I'd play I'd play in it to win at the divorce lawsuit. That sounds okay. I I would just fuck the Oscars. Do I would just lean into the copyright stuff and just go divorce story. That's mm. funny. That yeah, is pretty funny. It, yeah, you call it uh, <laughs> marriage story too. Well, I, that does kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Noah Baumbach just fucking shitting himself. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, it does step on the toes of uh, uh, this game I have, where you just sit in a in a small room uh, and, and you're getting divorced, and it's you and your lawyer and your spouse and their lawyer, and you're just splitting up assets. Oh, bro, and it's like... Uh, That's a good like one. In, um, it's like uh, uh, Ace Attorney. Yeah. Where it's like, well, I should get the dog, obviously, because you never wanted a dog and everything. It's like, okay, hold on, objection. <laughs> I didn't want the dog. Dad says, no, we can't get a dog. Dad with the dog. I need the dog now. We'll, we're, we'll split the dog in half. We're going to clone Jeez, the dog so we can both here. get the dog. We're going to do a blind. We're going to do a double blind so you won't know which one's the cloned one. God. Good God. This got dark, folks. And then split it in half. And then split it in half, of course. Oh, of course. <laughs> All right, we need to get going. And we've been demonetized. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Mammoth Games Cast. We are doing our 2021 Game of the Year. Uh, with me this week, we got Austin. Yep. Johnny. Yep. Brian. Yar. And you know me, Jay. All right, guys. Uh, down with OPP. Are you down with OPP? Yeah, you know me. All right. Um, so this is the big one. This is what we've been kind of thinking on we've had a, a week off to kind of marinate and figure out exactly the things that we want for each category um and 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 where we fall um did you guys put as much time into thought into it as um i did and i'm gonna sit not tell you how much thought i put into it i just want to see where yes. you land <laughs> i don't know i feel I like was... mine were pretty easy this year yeah I was very back and forth with this. I was pulling up this document quite a bit of times and changing some stuff around, and I'm still not 100%, but I'm going to commit to the what I've got now. We'll talk about it. If, 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 if we get to it and you're like, you know, I was really torn, uh, bring it up. Yeah. Bring it up. Oh, yeah. I'm sure I'll go on my uh, rambling here like I typically do. So, Good. Johnny? A few categories were rough for me, but, you know, I still think that... Uh... I don't know. There's still a lot there. Um, there. Some of them were really rough, though. Like I had a lot of trouble deciding on a couple of them, as you'll see. But in in the end, I think it's still a. I think it's solid enough. All right. Cool. Well, before we jump into it, if you guys get the chance, head over to facebook.com backslash Mammoth Games Inc. Check all the top news and video game stuff over there as well. Follow us on Twitter at Mammoth Games Inc. So you know when we go live and do junk just like this. Our first category is time wasters i know that sounds negative but it's not it's the game that you spent the most time playing yes it can be negative um do we want to go in just uh alphabetical order like we have it here or what are you guys thinking who's excited who's excited about the thing they've been playing aside from austin (laughs) oh hell yeah baby (laughs) all right it's austin go all right so 
I, I don't think this will come as a surprise to anyone who listens to the show, or even who has the uh, negative, uh, you know, the bad luck of uh, I can contact them on Messenger. <laughs> I have primarily this year. Sorry, Robert. Seder Kings three. <laughs> yeah, Robert Marin does. Um, let's see. So this is including. So remember, this game came out in the beginning of September of 2020. So I played a lot when it first came out. You know? Well, you got it a little bit early, even, right? Yeah, I, well, I had it purchased early. I, don't, I can't remember. If I remember you playing it a couple months early, early, I thought. Uh, I don't know. I can't remember. But, um, so, it, you know, including that I played it a lot when it first launched and everything, uh, I have 532 hours in it. Jesus. So, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that that should pretty well give it my most played Steam game. I'm trying to think of Of all time? I have. Probably. Wow. That's yeah, like how can I check there that? With, like my Breath of the Wild time. Let me mess around. Let me see if I can find something. Yeah. So I've played 30 hours of it just in the past two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> I've been playing this a lot, folks. He's he's interested. Yeah. Some people would say in this game. There should so, be a way to organize by time played in Steam, right? So what keeps bringing you back? Do, do, does the so, map change? Or is the map pretty yes. static with everything? Like, I, I know you can do different um, So there's a couple, yeah, expansions. there's two major uh, time zones that you can start in. So you can start in basically, like, the midst of the Viking Age, which is 8, 886 or 866, uh, something like 889, something like that. And basically right after uh, Ragnar uh, dies, and you can start playing as the Suns. Hmm. Um, and then the, the main... Um, timeline that they want you to start playing at is uh, 1066 which is uh, a little bit before um, the crusader like the crusading age starts obviously it's you know what the game's named for and it's uh, right like triggering the the Norman invasion of England is what kind of starts the game off but I mean you can play as not only can you play as any you know landed character so like when you you know are looking at the map Let's say there, you know, there's England, so you can play as the King of England. Mm -hmm. But inside England, there are, I don't know, you know, like maybe five or six vassals inside of England. You can play as any of them. And then those vassals may have vassals. So you can play as any of them. You can play down to the smallest possible unit of land, which is a county. So, you know, England has like, I don't know, 100 counties, 80 counties, something like that. So... That's just England, which, of course, is one of the smaller, you know, countries on this map. So, um, it, it definitely, like, has a lot of um, replayability. A lot of, like, things are very different. So, like, uh, my one playthrough I did um, recently, I did a full playthrough from 1066 to when the game kind of runs out of time. Um which it ends in 1453, which basically starts like the age of exploration and the Renaissance and everything. So, um, hmm. when you play, you play up through there. So I, I played that the full time span as Ethiopia and I formed like a Coptic, uh, third Rome in Africa pretty much. So, uh, you know, kind of a, a, you know, there was a real, you know, Christian Ethiopian kingdom or whatever, but, I definitely like took them outside of their historical bounds 
Um, so that's the play, kind of, kind of to do in the game. Yeah, yeah just, like, just kind of re rehashing and and making yeah. something new that never right. existed. What if uh, what if the Irish took over the British Isles, right? Like, what if right. the main kingdom of the British Isles was not England, but it was you know Scotland or Ireland or what if uh, you know what if the Vikings won and uh, like in 1066 and the Viking Age never ended, you know. Um, it, I think I had the best description when you and I played this a uh, couple of weeks ago. It's like Risk meets The Sims. Yeah, it's, this is what Sims Medieval should have been. Because <laughs> it is very, as much as you're like dealing with kingdoms and stuff, the real, the the like, you know, big brain version of what you're doing in the game is you're actually playing as this dynasty that hopefully you can get your bloodline to last forever and you can, you know, go into the modern or, you know, semi-modern age and uh you know instead of the Habsburgs owning like every country in the world it's whatever your dynasty is right and, as and it is the like the easiest way to make sure your bloodline goes forever is to do it in a circle right absolutely that's true that's what the Habsburgs did just like the McPoyles um, from Always Sunny too exactly the uh -huh. McPoyles are actually they have the most refined bloodline in all of Philadelphia and people don't know <laughs> still to this day still to this day yeah unstoppable crazy bloodline. So, um, you know, it is just like an alternate. It, it combines everything that I want. It's medieval, so, it, you know, I generally like that setting and everything. It's historical simulation, which I like. It's, you know, uh, basically an Excel spreadsheet, which I am Excel certified. Thank you, Microsoft. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's, it's combining a lot of things that I really like in games and doing it in not really unique because Paradox all other games are kind of like this or you know it's kind of similar to total war almost mm. but um it has this rpg element of you know you're playing a particular character and your character might be um you know cowardly paranoid and honest and you kind of want to play the game to your character's personality or else the game's going to push back on you so <laughs> um you know it is like really if you have a to... diplomat king he's not going to be military militarily strong or anything like that as uh brian learned when we were playing um exactly <laughs> you know if, if you're a diplomat and the guy d directly next door to you is just an insane murderer uh you got to either she make sure that he likes you, you or you will just die yeah so and, it, and you know it's a game that has a lot of end states like it's a game where you can find out after 20 hours in a game that oh i made this major fuck up you know two generations ago and i'm never going to be able to recover and uh, it is like it, it's it's odd, it's weird, but it's doing its own thing, and it's it's kind of stands alone, even in the other paradox games for the um, the role playing aspect of it. Wow, yeah, it seems it seems vast, it massive, it's, it's a lot, yeah. yeah. Um, cool. Well, essentially, you're that makes running sense. Not, not of kingdoms in three different continents. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they zoomed out um, at, at the end of the video that yep. we were watching here, and it's like, man, that all of is Europe, a lot of surface uh, area. Pretty much all of North Africa, and kind of you get Asia into Minor, like Southeast Central, Asia, Central Asia, like yeah, India. Yeah. Wow, and they're still and they're still pushing new things out, right? We have something coming up, right? Yeah, the DLC that's coming out in February is kind of expanding, like your personal court so like if you are a high level king or emperor 
people are gonna you know your own people are gonna um want you to be spending a lot of you know money and effort on keeping your court up to date and it's like gonna really help you lean heavier into the um role-playing aspects and everything nice yeah this is available also through game pass on pc mm -hmm. or game pass ultimate at least yeah. the base version of the game play right, this with on, no dlc and there's, play there's this a couple, on PC. couple little um <laughs> it's like do yourself a it, favor I, play this on they PC. are trying to release it on console right i, I would not recommend that oh i thought <laughs> it was out on console so hard is it already it might be i thought it was I just imagine it would be so insanely difficult to control that i can't even imagine trying to play it on a console but you know if it's your only way to play it and you're really interested i guess you can try it but i, I just don't see how it's gonna work I'm on the hunt. Well, I mean, if it's available on Xbox, I believe you can hook up your um, keyboard and mouse and be able to That's play true. That way. That's true. It says coming yeah. soon. Coming soon. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. I would not recommend it. <laughs> but it is an extremely good, you know, on PC, when you can just sit down and spend, uh, you know, 76 hours uh, trying to figure out what's going on in Ireland and failing. Um, that's the ideal time to play. In real life. So did Ireland not have that many hours to figure out what was going on in Ireland and failing? Yeah, Ireland itself has actually Ireland's real busy. pretty badly. Um, I mean, you know, we all know my opinions on Ireland. I'm not trying to get redacted and investigated by the FBI again. So. Okay. You know your opinions on Greece as well? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to destroy Greece. <laughs> all right, it's a little too early in the show for this. Uh, Brian, uh, <laughs> bail us out of this one. All right. Shock surprise. Well, I could have gone a number of ways with this for this year. Yeah. But I decided to go with games that released this year rather than games that had already released. Otherwise, I probably actually would have given this, if I wanted to go in a positive light, I would have given this to Borderlands 3. If I wanted to go into a negative light, I would have given this to Assassin's Creed Valhalla because <laughs> I put way too many hours into that game than I should have and I should have ejected a long time back anyways not going to dwell on that we're going to go positive on this one and we're going to go stick with the new year releases so shocking no one Halo Infinite is the one that I give as my biggest time waster for this year because I definitely spent the most time playing uh, multiplayer for this ever since the uh, you could do the first uh, test flight back in August Mm -hmm. um, I have been on board and trying to spend as much time getting back into Halo multiplayer, just relearning the uh, competitive game mechanics for this and I definitely can say that I I am now like actively trying to better myself so that way I can chase after the uh, ranks in ranked arena. I When I initially placed in it there's, I think I've explained this before there's like six different tiers where it goes bronze, silver, gold, platinum, diamond, and onyx. And there are six levels in between uh, each of the uh, ranks from bronze to diamond. Onyx being the, you know, just the pinnacle tier. So my placement after the first initial 10 matches put me in about uh, gold three. And since then, I've been able to work my way up to platinum four. But nice. Uh, I definitely still, I still need to get, um, nail down the, uh, just improving and wherever I can. 
and probably should look into finding some other people that I can team up with. Because Team Arena, it's a 4v4 with a mixed batch of Team Slayer, Oddball, Capture the Flag, and Strongholds, which is like territories from previous iterations. But I I love the gameplay for Halo Infinite. It's probably, well, it shouldn't be surprising that it would be the best as it is the latest iteration, but Halo 5 was, it was a lot of fun, but it was a very tiring uh, game to play, especially for controller. It never, it has yet to receive a PC launch, so I don't know how it would be on keyboard and mouse, but there was a lot of gameplay mechanics to it on top of the movement, shoot, aim kind of stuff. You had a lot of things going on with the thruster packs of being able to quickly dodge left or right and also like remaining stationary in the air they decided to trim this back and make it more reminiscent with halo 3 but modernizing it with things like uh sprints and clamber so and the weapons in this game are also phenomenal with maybe the exception of the ravager that's that's kind of like a weird one that i don't think a lot of people have been a big fan of but yeah that's not one that you would typically start off with the mangler damn oh that that gun's fun (laughs) oh yeah the mangler is the essentially it's a revolver that shoots spikes and it has a bayonet on it yeah it's like a sniper rifle pistol it's fun um but you still have to accommodate for uh drop because you're shooting a spike so that's a weird thing that you have to uh accommodate for because you don't typically think that when you're shooting the pistol the drop and whatever it is that you're shooting with the larger version of it the um not the ravager the i just call it the spiker the spiker yeah shoots the giant yeah the anti-vehicle spike Jesus. You do uh, accommodate for it. And for some odd reason, uh, especially on PC, I can just pick people off with that thing, and it's just not even fair. And I think that's become a huge favorite with a lot of people, too. I still need to work on my sniping abilities. That's the one where I definitely struggle with, and I think Shock Rifle is another one that I still struggle. But uh, I I would say so happy. I was just going to say, arguably... And just because I didn't play... I played very little of 4. I didn't play 5 at all. Um, yeah. The grapple. The grapple hook is the like the new star of the show. The, exactly. Mm-hmm. Both in multiplayer and especially in campaign. Because in campaign, on top of you having the equipment accessible uh, all the time, it just becomes like an equipment wheel that you can pull up at any given point. Mm-hmm. You can upgrade that equipment. So... You can upgrade the grapple shot to have a plus 40% recharge rate, so you can use it more frequently. And essentially, you're just Spider-Man swinging across the entire Halo ring. Yeah. <clears throat> and then, like, the drop wall. If you upgrade that fully, you can have it so that way anything that you shoot through the drop wall will now have, like, an electric bonus to it. Nice. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they made a lot of good... <clears throat> I understand why this is a big time waster, because when I was looking at mine, you know, I ran across this, and probably a lot of other games that were that, that you were in the same mindset of. Um, you know, like Forza and, and things like that. Um, yeah. And, yeah, it completely makes sense, this one. There's <laughs> a ton... This is yeah. going to be fun for 
a, a, a couple of years at least. Oh yeah, well, it, and that's the thing with like Halo Infinite. Like, I definitely see them expanding on this iteration. They've already trademarked, I believe, called Halo: The Endless, which is uh, tied into the story. So I think they're going to be expanding more on the story, which I've yet to really even gone into depth with um, that. It, I'm on my second, halfway through my second playthrough of it. Um, but the story has been so much fun. But I've been more focusing on this segment here because I spent most of my time playing the multiplayer here. Sure. But the open world that the campaign gives you is definitely another huge time waster and it's only going to become even more so when they add uh, co-op hopefully in May when you can get uh, potentially up to four people playing and running around this giant open world uh, tackling strongholds and stuff like that together. Yeah. That's going to be that's going to be really bananas. Incredible. And and then I know that's something that like uh, people have been criticizing the fact that like co-op didn't come at launch, whereas it was available with pretty much every uh, Halo title, albeit that it wasn't split screen in Halo Five, that this didn't have it. But upon play, you know, completing the campaign, and then also some of the things that they're talking about, what they want to do with co-op it's very ambitious what they want to do they don't want to do like the um uh the far cry tethering system they want to be able to have progression uh work for both characters it's not like far cry where you're just dropping into someone else's world they want to you know work for everyone that's involved and with the size of the world that you have to be able to explore I understand why they're struggling to uh, find something to work with co-op, and I understand why they decided to not release it on launch because that is something that is going to take a lot of work to get right, and so take as long as you need to, because I'd rather that it work, you know, they it be an added-on feature later on, and it works amazing rather than it to not work and to have like drugged down the experience of it. So. For sure, for sure. Yeah, all right, that's all right. why I would say this was a good time waster for me. For sure, for sure. It was up there for me. Um, the game that I decided to throw up there for myself was New World. Um, I played a, a decent amount. Uh, I played a decent amount of this, and I, I still, um, I, I just don't know if we've had the, the right time to, you know, go back and, uh, like, I've, I don't think I've had enough time to go back and play this with other people. Um, as of yet, I played a decent amount with um, with Ian, um, mm. and yeah, it's just it's just a fun world. Like taking some of the issues with the game's like economy and things like that out of it, it, it felt like it feels like an MMO, and that's awesome. Like it, it, it it's not the same MMOs that you know you've been playing. So I think right. that's it- the big thing. Um, this is, I picked this up when I finally got a laptop that can actually run games, and this, I felt was like a very beginner-friendly MMO, yeah. and I definitely want to get back into it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I've been, I, I didn't have any time to play it during, because I, you know, was traveling, um, during, uh, like the holiday season here, but before that, I was playing this quite often um tons to do uh, a lot of um you know a lot of story going on but more so it's just that mmo 
you kind of get that MMO like MMO fix. Um, I, I like their approach to combat, and I like their I like the way that they handle. I think the way that they handle weapons, um, which is is an original. Um, you know, Final Fantasy has um, something very similar where you know you can pick up a class and you're like level zero, um, while you have a max level class of something else. Um, they're very similar with your weapon skills. Kind of falls almost like um, Skyrim, the way the way Skyrim plays out, where you know you'd be a high level with a sword, but then you pick up an axe, and you're kind of terrible. Um, yep. And uh, and yeah, I, I think it, it was just for me the reason I picked it was it scratching that itch of an MMO that's not World of Warcraft or Final Fantasy, um, and then as well playing it. Uh, you know, play, playing it even with one friend um, is is kind of the goal for me when I play an MMO. Um, I, I you could you can definitely play this solo, but um, you know, jumping in with randoms is is completely uh, completely doable in this as well, especially with the the um, PvP. Which I haven't dabbled in enough yet, but uh, definitely something that that I'll that that I plan on looking into after you know probably when I jump back into it next. Um, now that I have a handle on you know most of the weapons and things like that, um, would you say that the fact that this is new as of this year versus like something like World of Warcraft and Final Fantasy are you know in the they've been they've had a bunch of expansions come out whereas here jumping in you're still at like the initial launch phase of it helped get into this a little bit better because you were on the same page as like everyone else yeah yeah that's always a good thing too like i i don't mind jumping into those bigger games final fantasy has something great going on like where you can get through the main game in the first expansion before you even pay for anything that's awesome. That's really user friendly and inviting. Um, I do wonder for some people though if they're like, man, but they have a new expansion coming out, and they have all these other expansions that I've already missed. Is I mean, I, I don't look at that as like too daunting, but I can guarantee that there are some people that are like, damn, now nah, that's that that one's not it for me. But yeah, uh, that that was the, the I I definitely don't have the time that I that I spent playing this. Um, just because I don't play, I don't know. I, I don't really play um, one game for you know like four hundred hours like I used to. Um, like I'll kind of split mine up. So I would say I probably played this for you know like a hundred or one hundred and twenty hours in total between like all of the characters and and time that I had spent playing it. Um, so that, that was about my level of, of time waste, uh, which is well under, well under Austin's Crusader Kings. God damn, dude. That's, I think he played, I played this game less time than you played Crusader Kings last week. <laughs> Exaggerating, but yeah. Um, yeah, that, that was, that, that was my time waster. And last but not least, Johnny. So my time waster was a little bit tougher to figure out because I just haven't had as much time to play games this past year as I wanted to. 
Um, life has been absolutely crazy. So I threw in the ones that I, I kind of cheated because they did all drop at the same time. I went with the Final Fantasy Pixel Remasters 1 through 3 because those all dropped on the same day and they pulled me right back into playing Final Fantasy games again. Um, if I had more ways to play these than just at my computer, I guarantee it would have been much, much more on hours played. But the fact that these ones made me sit down and tread through games that I've played multiple times already, all over again, um, and it's it's the epitome of a time waster because I didn't get anything new out of it. Right. Yeah. I played, I played other versions of all of these games so many times, um, but it worked. I was able to. to I, I played through all three of them. I, I super enjoyed them. Um, this version of Final Fantasy three now has me putting Final Fantasy 3 in my top 5, I believe. Um, I've said it so many other weeks when talking about these games at different points. There's the ones. Um, simple enough for me to sit down and play through them all. I was really tempted to buy one of them on mobile while I was on vacation, just so I could play through more that way. I yeah. figured that was something that you that, that you would have done. I figured I the reason you spent... I figured the reason you spent so much time on this was because it was on mobile and you could just pop it up on your phone wherever you were. I wish. I wish. I just, I can't Wait on that Steam mobile deck. like that. I, yeah, that's the big thing. <laughs> yep. Wait on the Steam Deck. That's when it's going to really happen. Yeah. Um, oh, should have thrown that in our most anticipated area. Realistically, I would say that I probably in the past, uh, thanks to the past couple of weeks, have spent way more time on Final or on a Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. But it is what it is. Um, it doesn't feel like I've wasted that much time on those games. I just have because they've always been there on my Switch, which I'm carrying a lot more in handheld mode now. Um, if I had a way to play these in a handheld mode, though, I wouldn't stop. I wouldn't be bothering to buy other games. I'd be doing nothing but playing these. Um, <laughs> the music, the, the, the changes to the music and the soundtrack's been amazing. Um, having things like Auto Battle, being able to go through and, and change my jobs on the fly on Final Fantasy 3 which wasn't as easy to do on the other versions because you used to take penalties when you would do that. Mm. They've streamlined them to make them a lot easier um, and with that that's also got me uh, I guess when I look at Time Waster I can't say just playing I've spent so much time watching people on Twitch play these now mm -hmm. just to see different people do different challenge runs and stuff. So well I think that, 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 that is part of um, as far as time wasters, um, you know, I think that could be part of it because you're still yeah. wasting your time, you know, in, in, in a productive it. manner. I was, still, watching. I was still wasting my time on a game that I have played several times. Yeah. Was it like 89 originally it came out or something? Um, they're just all over the place. Like, I've had Final Fantasy 1, I've had. I had the NES version, I had the Game Boy Advance version, I had the PS1 mm -hmm. version. I just didn't have the PSP version. That's the only one I didn't have. Is it yeah, um, 87. 87. Wow. I had the PS1 version and the, and the GBA version because that's the only way we really got it in the US prior to yeah. this in mm -hmm. English. Um, but I also did try to play through it on the English translated NES ROM of it. Um, same thing for Final Fantasy 3. We got 3 on PSP, on DS, on PC. Um, but this was the first like pixelated version of 3 that we ever got. Uh, but being able to sit there and play them all in more of their casual, enjoyable formats mm -hmm. 
it just got me. And being able to see how you can really do different challenge runs. Like you can, I can still pull up Final Fantasy One and do an all white mages run if I want to. And having yeah. auto battle makes that easier to be able to grind through stuff. Um, I can play Final Fantasy Two and try to do a, a no spells run or try to do a, a certain weapons only run and lock characters down to certain things. Final Fantasy Three, I can almost randomize that and just pick random classes to assign per crystal and just lock characters down that way, which is completely doable. Mm -hmm. um, it's weird because my main Final Fantasy is growing up for the Super Nintendo ones, but I've spent more time on the original Nintendo ones this past year. Hmm. But it hasn't been anything too crazy. Anyone that really knows me doesn't come as a shock to them. Final Fantasy has just been my bread yeah. and butter for a while. Um, over the past week, my, my Pokemon time has definitely overshadowed this because I have been playing both Pokemon games at once, um, which has been absolutely wild, and it's been a lot of fun. But I, I feel like I would also be doing runs of all three of these games at the same time if I had them on, a, on my Switch. Yeah, for sure. All right. Um, so we'll shift over to our most anticipated um, these are games that we are sure are actually going to be coming out, um, whether it be uh, in looking into 2022 or hopefully shortly thereafter. Um, we'll keep going in the order. Austin? Yeah, so um, Dying Light 2. I support that. It's so, supposed so to much. be... <laughs> releasing in what like february 20th or something like that mid-february yeah maybe uh yeah and it's yeah it's definitely slated for february now yeah so that that still seems questionable because we just haven't seen so much of it you know? they've showed off a they, decent they showed off a decent amount um but or maybe i missed a, a more recent video but they are playing it a little close to the vest um they, they showed off some of the gameplay um of like it looks like your main character following somebody um or or i, I don't know uh, exactly what's happening there but show off a yeah, tutorial like a lot and, of, uh, and a lot of different tools and gadgets yeah like a lot of you know big highly anticipated games that are coming out it's they've had a lot of challenges with um staffing and stuff like that the um, development in general the development in general has been very troubled so We'll see. See what happens. Um, I'm still hopeful. And, I, you know, I, I think at this point we're close enough that if they had to push it, they would have by now, hopefully. Right, right. Uh, I, I would say that they're close enough at this point. I mean, we're a month out. We're, we're a month and a couple weeks out. So yeah. if they do push it, I think it'll be by a small, you know, maybe into, like, beginning of March or something. They, I, I doubt there would be, like, a six-month delay at this point. It, it's, yeah. just, it's too close. There would it, be a huge PR hit. It would they're have to be scrap so the game. They're going to scrap the game at the end of the month. That's now. the smart thing to do. <laughs> yeah, it would have to be something major. That, State, that yeah. yeah, that's just breaking it entirely. Um, they're going to give up, and they're going to sell everything they have so far, all the assets, to the smart. people that we're working on Dead Island three or two, smart. Or whichever one. <laughs> yeah, it that's was. a game that's definitely going to come out. Put sure. a, that's the next category. <laughs> Let's settle down. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I mean, I like Dying Light a lot. Um, I like again, you know, I, I I think I'm pretty easy to please on stuff like this. Where like I, it's a comfort see, food game, right? Well, yeah, and I want to see the additional uh, RPG elements of like choosing sides and altering how um, 
you know the behavior of npcs and and picking winners and losers i'm really interested in that oh man it's weird because you're also not normally big on horror stuff so seeing this is a big surprise for for me about you is seeing like this be up on this was a big surprise for me we had well i mean uh, just when we were living together we played dying light one a lot a lot yeah yeah that was a long year looking really good um more of this gameplay that we're showing here. I think the games that we played the most was this and um, Destiny. Don't Starve. Oh, we played a lot. Of we Don't played Starve. a lot of Don't Starve. Um, that was good. But the the original game giving us that drop kick mm-hmm. is that was, a, that was a universe changer. So such a big game changer. Yeah. And this is another game that uh, two is implementing a grappling hook. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've seen like every other game out there. Well, but but I, I've seen them use it in interesting ways, um, kind of like Halo, the way that Halo is implementing it. But traversing the environment, you see a guy run and jump out a window, turn around behind him, snap it to a wall, and swing down two stories through another window. That's gonna and be drop. Awesome. It's going to be awesome. is traversal's going to yeah, yeah. traversal is going to be fun in this game, which is kind of reminds I, me of like Horizon's uh, grapple thing, where you just run off and you throw it as you're falling. Yeah. Yeah, we get it, Brian. You like grapples, <laughs> grappling boy. All right. Um, speaking of, uh, you know what? Grapplers. You do it, Brian. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, I didn't mean for that to be the segue. That's but... the segue. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> you have to grapple with such such things. God damn. Hey, it. those aren't the only ones. I mean, look at Battlefield. They're... Yeah. Uh, anywho, my uh, <laughs> most anticipated game comes out uh, in February, and that would be Horizon Forbidden West. You of the original Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah. I there's a part of me that kind of regrets not playing it when it first came out. I didn't because it came out around the same time that the Switch and Breath of the Wild came out, and I got really sucked into Breath of the Wild. But uh, when I did finally get around to playing Horizon Zero Dawn it kind of clicked on me in a whole different way even though it's still open world still kind of a lot of the universal game mechanics but the story was what really got me sucked in and I really want to see where they go with the story on this and Mm -hmm. it kind of looks like um, the one DLC that came out for it um, is just going to kind of be expanded upon with the machines are doing something off that is making the world unlivable again which was the whole premise of why the world exists as it does because they had these um kind of like it was supposed to be a man i need to replay this and i should have done this mm-hmm. month but i'll do it next month if i remember right it was that uh in order to counteract climate change they used uh like nanotechnology to kind of eat up the uh kind of do like a carbon capture but then Classic the programming mistake. for it yeah then the programming for it kind of got um went overboard and then essentially uh it got to the point where the machines were just consuming all organic matter and basically all it, it got to the point where all life on earth was completely wiped out and so as not even um a survival effort this is a rejuvenification re, re, 
you know, just basically try to kickstart back life, organic life back onto mm -hmm. the planet. It kind of had like they went the route, the seed vault kind of deal where they tried to uh, capture as much DNA information on the life that was still existing that they could. And so that way, after X amount of time, when like the machines that remove life have, you know, just gone dormant or whatever, that mm -hmm. they would kick, you know, they would re the that there were machines that would reintroduce life back onto the planet once uh, it achieved a certain uh, su uh, survivability rating and stuff. And that's what a lot of the machines you see in here that look like animals. It, they all serve like different purposes in on the planet to try to bring back survivability for organic life but as you'll see that like some of these can get corrupted and go um, rogue exactly and so i'm really wanting to see where they go with this story for sure all right yeah for uh me most anticipated after playing everything that we that we had played um and i see a few of the other ones i, I don't think there's in in our list we each have a different most anticipated game i don't think that there's a wrong one within all of these um but mine is uh strangers of paradise uh the final fantasy origin after playing what uh i know myself and johnny played um I was I, I was pretty much um, ready to go with this one. Um, I don't even know if we have a technical release date yet. Uh, March, yeah. Um, so that's pretty near. I I, I think I inadvertently uh, picked something that was that that was pretty close. Pretty, pretty close to the front of the year. Yeah, that's a weird thing I noticed is that we all we all four pick things that are like very. Nothing else is coming out. It's all a lie. Yeah, um, <laughs> we'll get to well, that. I'm kind of I'm surprised that like uh, God of War Ragnarok isn't listed in our. So yeah, no, God of War is going to be a, a massive game. I don't know if I would even if with that. I don't think myself would consider it my most anticipated. I know it's going to be something yeah. that I'm yeah. gonna play and something I'm probably going to platinum, um, and, and just spend uh, absolute ridiculous amount of time playing um but i'm just thinking of the things that like I, I when i thought about it i was like what have i touched what do i already enjoy um i think johnny you had some mixed opinions after the second play test that we did um but oh, yeah. i i really i really enjoyed um everything that was going on the the i think they call it the break uh, where you basically like deflect and then um, like do a recoil attack. It, it's all about timing when it comes to uh, when it comes to this game, and I, I can see that getting uh, repetitive. But the things that are going on, the you know the the enemies and the characters, um, they they look like they're going to be. Uh, it, there's a good amount of turn on and a good amount of turn off with this game. Um, it'll be interesting to see uh, on how I feel about this game after it's all said and done. Uh, I think that's why I'm anticipating it. I mean, just reading it out of the like off the wit, uh, like off the wiki, like the main character Jack and his friends Ash and Jed. I'm just like, this is fucking terrible. 
Like Frank Robin. Na- yeah, and Bill. Like, it's like damn. Formerly but, team members on their Blitzball team. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really intrigued by the route they're going to go with it. I think that it's going to be one of those games where as we play it more, it's going to be a really weird story mm-hmm. um, with, like, that whole taken from it. I don't know. Like, it, we, when we played the demos, and I I got big, like, Castlevania vibes from it of, like, oh, you know, Dracula's Castle shows up once every blah, blah, blah years and even off into the future. I got kind of like those vibes, except maybe this is more the whole, like, maybe these people are being pulled from a different time into this world, or I yeah. who even knows. It's super weird. It's so weird. I, I as a huge Final Fantasy fan, I know it's not going to be good, but mm. I still really want it. I, I don't know. I, I, think, I think it's going to be good for me. I think I'm going to like it. But I know it's not going to be for everybody. Oh, and it's not a matter of liking it or not. I'm probably going to love it. I just, I, I know, it, I, even if I love it, I know it's not going to be, like, objectively good. <laughs> it won't be critically acclaimed. I, I just think the... I think it's what you're looking I, for. I think a lot of it, for me, is going to come down to gameplay. Is, like, how are they... Is it going to change from what we played? Because if not, I really like what I played. I could play a whole game of doing the things that I was doing during those demos. Like, I... Hell. Like, after I was done, I was like, man, I wonder what it would have been like to, you know, pop down this other path. What I would have unlocked going down, you know, this other skill path. Found myself going back grinding in a useless... Like, a useless, like, demo. Just to see what, what I could get out of it. Yeah, some of the areas gave me big like Final Fantasy thirteen two vibes as yes. far as just like world like area navigation and stuff. Yeah. The combat, I just I'm still having trouble locking down what kind of vibes the combat really gave me because it wasn't quite Neo, but yeah. it wasn't quite Souls enough. Um it was a weird, weird mix. Um the skill trees are weird. The character classes are they they're just everything about the game is so weird like none of it feels like it should fit together the way it does and I think that's what's going to be surprising about it yeah it's also the kind of game where you have to be patient enough to sit there and and grind on one boss fight for three hours yeah yeah or fail a lot much like our first uh, our first soiree with uh, the, the boss from our first demo Garland sucked. Yeah, it was tough. Um, but big old sense of accomplishment when you were done. You know? You're like, shit, I oh, finally yeah. did it. Oh yeah, someone clipped my final victory of Garland on the very first one and it was I lost my mind. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Because it got to a point where my timed defenses and stuff, my time blocks, I was able to get him down to like half health without taking a single hit within like seven seconds. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and when you started that, when you walked into that fight originally, you were destroyed. Like, because oh, yeah. he comes at you fast. Yeah, there's, it's a boss fight where, like, you don't get a moment to prepare. It's like, all right, battle starts, and he's dashing toward you for an attack. And you're like, well, there Damn. goes half my health. Yeah, no, like, yeah, you would die, like, right away. And then you're like, well, that sucked. And then you'd go in, and you might dodge that first attack, but then the follow-up attack kills you. Son of a bitch. Okay. Um, but, you know, a couple, like, by the time the, the second demo hit, um, 
man, I was really comfortable. Like I was able to, like I, I was, I was prepared. I was ready for them to do that dash in and and try to ta- tackle you right away. Even though the second boss wasn't quite like that, you know, they, oh, they were a little more reserved. Sucked. Yeah, it was it was overwhelming in like a different a different way, and that's what I wanted to see. I didn't want to see that you know the same boss fight pretty much again. And it was so. nice to see them take some things into consideration between the two between the two uh, demos because they asked for feedback and they got it. They did. Um, so that's why I'm really interested. Where, I mean, we gave feedback again. Like, are they going to take that into consideration? Is that something that they're going to wait for release and then and then address? I don't know. God, stop it with the item drops. There were a lot of item drops. That was my biggest complaint about that game. It's like every four seconds, you're like, I have three more items to see if they're worth equipping. They're not. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, at a certain point, I just stopped. I stopped looking. There was almost no. There was no point, (laughs) just because there were they were so frequent. So I don't know. Uh, That's yeah. That's my most uh, most anticipated because um, Johnny took the next one. Yeah, I'm really excited to see more of the the characters that we see in this. I think I like we're seeing characters and bosses from the original Final Fantasy one, and I just can't wait to see more of them done this way. I can't yeah. wait to see the four fiends. I can't wait to see you know more from the little random boss fights that happen here and there. I think it'll be a lot of fun. Um, I'll probably I, I'm probably going to pre-order it soon just to try to get like whatever steel book case or whatever special thing they drop for it with different retailers, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be a weird game. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of weird games, Johnny picked the biggest and the weirdest. Yeah, and the more I think about it, the more I'm I'm on the fence about being so excited. Um, I went with Elden Ring. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm trying not to be excited. <laughs> yeah, it's it's going to be rough because I know that with the excitement that's there, I'm afraid it's not going to live up to the hype that's around it. Um, yeah. I think that's going to be the biggest problem we have. Yeah. Um, it, it's still going to be great. It's going to be a super fun game. Uh, I just don't know how the Souls formula is going to translate to big open world as much. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like every time I think about it, and I know I'm going to be on like a horse like riding around and doing all that stuff, it takes me back to like Darksiders vibes, and I don't like that as much. But I'm still going to sink a ton of time into this. I'm excited to see what kind of little weird, secret hidden things are all over the place, because you know there's going to be stuff hidden in this game. Yeah, people will be finding and discovering new things for like five years, probably. That's my fear. My fear is that they focus so much on the main things that you're doing that they're going to forget those those personal moments the things that you're talking about that exploration oh i went over here and i found this little thing have you seen that okay i know you never found it interesting well you can go here to find it like i, I love those water cooler moments when it comes yeah, to I gaming the, you know demon souls did it really well with the with the ridiculous multiple playthroughs to get all these things to unlock this mm-hmm. one door. Right. Yeah, it, th- this one's going to be interesting. I- I've been p- purposefully trying to, like, 
shy away from it. I, I don't want to. I don't want to know more. I, I'm already like sold in so much. So I, you can almost like like in a way, not really, but in a way, you can say, oh yeah, you bought a basically a, a new console for this. Like looking at the Steam Deck. <laughs> yeah. You know it. I don't know. I, I hope it doesn't let down, and I'm trying to temper expectations so I'm not let down. But uh, um, the problem with Souls I games think be hard. is even when you're let down by them, you still go back and spend tons of time on them. Right. You know, Dark Souls Two was a big letdown for a lot of people, and then kind of played the shit out of it, though. On, yeah, yeah, like <laughs> it was a letdown. Still got hundreds of hours of gameplay. Yeah. Same thing with Dark Souls. Like every every official Souls game has been in some way a letdown that you also still haven't stopped putting time into. Um, I'm excited for this one. I just feel like the big open world is going to detract a little bit from what we're used to on it. Uh, yeah. I just don't know what to expect. Well, in a way, we kind of have had an open world. I mean, it is an open map with with kind of like gates. Um, I wonder how that. I think that's my thing. It's not so much the open world we're because the, we're used to the more hub world. Yeah, it's we're it's used to the more hub world. We're gonna get that more free roam. What direction do you want to go? Kind of world. This like, time, how are they going to gate it? This is the thing because when you you start a Souls game, you know, if I go this way and I get destroyed in one shot, okay, cool. That's not the way to go. It's very it's telling. It is the way to go. For me, that becomes the way to go. That means I just have to get around everything that's one-shotting me until I find a really dope item that way. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, and there's plenty of ways to to approach it, but, you know, like, objectively, you know, okay, cool, I see three routes. I went down this way and I died immediately. Okay, let me pop down this other way to see if I can Mm -hmm. defeat the first thing I run into. Like, I mean, I think that's how the casual person would end up approaching a, a game like that. And I wonder how they're going to do that without having three routes to go. It's just open. So are, are they going to do it area-based? Like, maybe it'll be the Breath of the Wild route where it's, uh, there you go, where you want to go. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I they've been doing that since... Uh, I mean, I, I look back to like Fallout 3, where it's like, you know you're not supposed to be in that area because the dude is 40 foot tall and has a rocket launcher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like I mean, that's the thing with the the Souls games though is it really doesn't come down to you shouldn't be in an area because right. it, it, I mean if you can handle it yeah you can be there it's not about yeah, everything's being a doable level or a certain stats yeah, everything's doable with the right skill level and the right luck um, that's why I feel like it might be that Breath of the Wild route where it's like all right pick a direction just go There's yeah something to do it right or which way you go I, I mean I'm, I imagine we'll see people beating this game very very fast. Like, oh, I wasn't supposed to go this way, but I found a way to get to the end boss in oh, I fell 15 minutes. A wall. Yeah. I fell through a wall and all I have is a stick. Well, time to wallop on this guy for a half hour. <laughs> Good call, though. Um, like I said, in that list, I don't think there's one that... Uh, I don't think there's a, a missed game in that. I think those are pretty much all day ones. Yeah. All right, so... Switching from most anticipated to maybe most anticipated, but they're straight up in development hell. So this is what we're calling probably never. Yeah, good luck ever, like, 
or if from. these ever see the light of day. Infinite hope. Yeah. I just want to point out in our like we have a list of examples of what we could pull through from. The majority of these are Ubisoft titles. Yeah. That's a good there, point. Might be a re- there might be a reason for that. Yeah, Ubisoft <laughs> is notorious for being like, oh, let's just make six more Far Cry games. Might as well. They're not doing anything else. But sticking with the order, Austin? Yeah, so uh, mine is like the game I am most looking forward to and the game I am least expecting to ever see in my lifetime. <laughs> Dragon Age 4. There it is. Uh, so what, they teased it at the Game Awards in... Was that 2020 or 2019? Yeesh. I want to say it was 2019. I think it was 2019. the stuff with the Dreadwolf. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it was 2019. Or actually, this video, Dragon Age 4 cinematic trailer, says Game Awards 2020. So I can't remember if that was the first one or not. I know they yeah. announced stuff that all they had was concept art, and they didn't even have a trailer or anything. So maybe they initially said, hey, we're working on it in 2019. But, um, yeah, they are, you know... We've had a lot of inside baseball information from Bioware just due to um, Jason Schreier. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I having think a, that's right. He's he's got like everybody and their grandmothers just giving him details on what's going on at Bioware, and the game that this was meant to be, like the the initial um, Dragon Age Four that they had were kind of concepting and working on early demo stuff sounded interesting but probably not good and then this game was like okay we were told by ea that we're allowed to make a single player game again <laughs> and it's like well, just the whole that... like they have every single one of their major employees has left at this point um well, wasn't it supposed to be a game of service and then after what happened with anthem you're like oh we yes. can't do that yeah well not only that but anthem it was kind of a make or break moment for Bioware and it broke so this is like (laughs) Dragon Age 4 is kind of seen as like EA saying okay you guys you know you you say that you can do a single player story based RPG and that'll be a good game that does good sales if it's not I could foresee Bioware being closed that would be really sad to see I mean at this point the the initial studio is gone anyway so I think I think we've talked about that a healthy amount across our time here um, but yeah, just looking at this game in general, it is. It, it, we've said it before, just about these guys. Like this is this isn't so much a, a make or break for Bioware as it is for just Dragon Me Age being in interested general. In a Bioware game ever again? <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, I, yeah. see, even myself, I don't. I don't know if I would pick up Dragon Age Four Day One. Oh, I, I'm for sure buying the collector's edition. For sure. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I might do the same thing I did with Andromeda and just give it a few months. Yeah. Like, make sure all the kinks have been worked out yeah. and then pick it up. Yeah, I think I think I would be in, in, in a similar similar position there. I'm, I want it to do well, but yeah, I don't have faith game. in it doing well. Correct. So I'll yeah, we'll see. I'll be the one that's optimistic. I think they know like, yeah, there's a ton of pressure, but hopefully that pressure will also mean that they will be very motivated to ensure that this is going to be as good as they can possibly get. So, Well, literally that think... is, that's the number one thing that gives me, like, fear. Because yeah. it's like, um, 
I'm trying to think of what to compare it to. Maybe to compare it to like uh, Anthem or something where it's like, okay, we know what everybody wants. We know what you like. Here it is. And then it's not, you know? Right. It's not right. what anybody wanted. It's not what anybody asked for. And I wonder if that has to do with um, varying different visions of what this game should be. Mm. Yep, that and again, they can't hold down a director in any of their positions for and the that's, length of a game to come out, you know. And like, I and I would I would bet that it, it kind of comes down to that director going, "I want to do X, Y, and Z," and then being shot right. down. Yeah. yeah, I mean, why would they want to continue making something that's just going to fail again? Right, right. Uh, clearly, they haven't learned their lesson on. Yeah. yeah, so we'll see. I mean, I'm I'm very hopeful. I'm. I wouldn't say optimistic, but you know, I, it's possible. What they want to do can be done. Yeah, it's possible. It's very possible. You know? Yeah. So we just we, they just need to do it, and yep. that's the hard part. So. All right, Brian. All right. So, uh, like I talked about earlier, we had some examples that we could pull from here that we talked about, like Skull and Bones, Beyond Good and Evil Two, Prince of Persia remake, just these Ubisoft titles that seem to be kind of in developer purgatory but uh to go with it but not for one list i chose splinter cell uh this is a franchise that at least back when it was in its prime with like one and pandora tomorrow and chaos theory honestly i even loved the um the other three that came out like um was a blacklist even uh, blacklist blacklist was the last one where they didn't do uh uh, Michael Ironside's voice with it because they wanted to use the voice of the person who did the mocap for it, which I understood, and I get why they did that. Granted, it still was a little bit weird because it the actor sounded like it could be the brother of the voice actor <laughs> Brian Ironside, his daughter, <laughs> and not uh, her, her father. So that that made it a little bit weird, but um. I I love the Splinter Cell games. It, it would have been, like, back in high school, it would have been, like, second to Halo as far as the games that I just genuinely enjoy and would play over and over again. I love the puzzle-solving stealth mechanics of this series. Hmm. But it's been too long that this game, like, this franchise has been on ice. It doesn't have that same recognition ubisoft has just been throwing sam fisher wherever they can except into an actual splinter cell game yep um they did officially announce that they are going to work on developing a splinter cell game this year but they have not started it yet and so (laughs) but with that announcement why would you hoping to hire people onto that project but I I feel like them announcing it was more of a break gra- wow I can speak break glass in case of emergency kind of situation where they've been holding on to this tile that they know that there's a there is a core group of people that've been wanting and asking for this for mm-hmm. probably over a decade I want to say at this point yeah um but the thing about it is is that stealth games at least this day and age just don't sell um hitman would be the most successful i would say but even then square enix let go of io to have them do their own thing because it wasn't meeting up with square enix's um sales expectations and 
on top of that, I think there's a lot of discourse on like what direction would Ubisoft go with a Splinter Cell game. I believe they say that they will not make it an open world game, but that's Prove it. yeah, exactly. Um, not saying that an open world self game couldn't work, but that would be a very difficult thing to pull off and pull off successfully too. Yeah, so yeah I'm I just mean, kind of wondering isn't that almost what Ghost Recon was supposed to be. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I think so. Ghost of Tsushima least, uh, does a pretty good job. Yep. And yeah. and it gives you it gives you that option. And I think I think it would be great to have that option of going loud and being penalized for it. Mm-hmm. It's a stealth right. game. So be stealthy. And then yep, if you fail, I, I think, you got to get out. It's yeah. not not game I over. Think the thing is is like live with your consequences. How do you make sure you penalize going loud enough. Yeah, that's where right yeah with like ghost of tsushima you could still you still had the loud option of you know combat and you know fighting samurai style even if you screwed up your um stealth run on a camp encampment or something like that but with like where you're factoring in with like guns and stuff like that i think it's a little bit harder to balance that or maybe don't give them the option to go loud by just allowing them to have all silenced right thanks well like don't give them a rifle you only ever have a pistol you can upgrade the pistol to do different things or stuff like that but never give um the rifle or something right maybe that is one thing um i know that like one thing i loved especially uh it was kind of encouraged with uh, blacklist was like you could do pacifist runs on levels and stuff like that and i love being able to do that mm-hmm. just like see if i could go through never touch a person never do anything to upset anything at all mm-hmm. and just go through the entire level meet the objectives get out without anybody ever realizing something happened yeah i mean that was all yeah. dishonored did that as well yep oh yeah yeah That's the only way to get a good ending for sure <laughs> good call um yeah i it just i would like to see it i just i just don't see it though i i think I think uh, the sad thing is, is uh, like Firefly, Splinter Cell's time has come and gone, and to revive it just probably isn't worth it at this point anymore. I don't know. Okay. <clears throat> so for me, I picked something a bit more recent. We're supposed to get it this year, but I'm not holding my breath. Um, yep. And that is Hogwarts Legacy. Um, built around from Warner Brothers and Portkey Games, uh, built around the Wizarding World. Um, Avalanche also, I think Avalanche is the technical developer on it. Um, who, on that. who produce amazing titles? I'm I, I love a lot of things that Avalanche does, and I really like the studio in general. Mm, um, and they're really good at like systems integration and stuff so they're probably a really smart studio to play yeah, something like this they're a very efficient studio as well a very forward-thinking studio which is ironic for them working with a harry potter title um but they they have went on record and i think a, you know a lot of the downfall came from um a lot of the kickback with jk rowling and them physically saying hey look you know jk had literally nothing to do with this story this is a brand new story that is being developed um for this game um so it's it it's i don't know it's really interesting um 
that the thing that I think a lot of people that are very interested in Harry Potter lore and Harry Potter in general, uh, they're staring down the barrel of something that they've wanted for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, uh, it, it's almost like within grasp, but there's so many other factors and, and things that are coming in that are kind of holding it back. Um, the game looks the game looks great. Open world action role playing game um, set in the um, I think it's the eighteen hundreds uh, yeah. before everything that happened with Harry Potter, um, which I think is a very smart call to do. Yeah, and I, I like I actually like the transition of calling it Harry Potter and changing it to the Wizarding World. Harry Potter is part of the Wizarding World just one guy he's just one guy um there's plenty of other really cool stories that are capable in in this world um sure he's going to be a key character in that world forever you know it's like when you think of star wars which is progress you're still always going to think of like the skywalker name jar jar banks you're always going to think of jar jar banks um but yeah there's it, I just don't see it happening this year, even. Um, and one of the things that leads me to that is knowing that they're building this with the Unreal Engine. Um, with Unreal 5 coming out, I think they're going to be like, oh man, we need to integrate that. I think it's going to take them more than a year to do that. Um, and that's including... That's not even including the other terrible shit that's probably going to happen and come out and be talked about before, you know, <laughs> that even happens. So, um, it's, it's a big, we'll see. Uh, I, I'm really, yeah. I'm really anticipating it because I want to, I want to create that character. Um, yeah, I, I want to see awesome. what would happen. Yeah. I mean, it's ripe for it. It's kind of like when, like awesome when you and I were in college, you know, we were talking about these things that were ripe for something like an MMO, mm-hmm. and this is one of the things. Of yeah. yeah, this this was brought up more than once. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it is. It's definitely a wait and see. Um, again, they really haven't showed as much as we would expect to have seen by now. Yeah. Um, I would. I. I'll. You know. I'll eat grow on the dying light. I just haven't been watching, but. Um, yeah, Hogwarts Legacy has shown very little. I think we only all we have is six minutes. Um, that's the most they've given us so far. So, and I don't think that it's is even completely. Yeah, uh, it says twenty twenty two, quarter okay. three or quarter two, I think. Yeah, and even uh, that full six minutes, realistically, there's probably like two seconds of gameplay. Two minutes. Yeah. Two minutes of the six minutes, and it's not even gameplay that just belonged to Hogwarts Legacy. All the other videos that I've seen are, like, other random things from from movies and other games. Yeah. Other games. So, uh, don't hold your breath on that one. Or probably any of these as uh, we're moving on to... Especially moving over to uh, the one Johnny's about to talk about. Yeah. Oh, man. (laughs) This category was painful. Yeah, this was a category. Oh. I honestly forgot about a lot of games that were coming. I mean, I forgot about Hogwarts Legacy even being a thing. Yeah. Um, but one that too. I just haven't forgotten about is uh, Metroid Prime 4. 
where we have a whole 42 seconds of something. Uh, it's not gameplay. It's not cutscene. It's not even fictional like concept art. I think we get a slow zoom out on a number four. Yeah. And I think that's all we got. Yep. <laughs> I'm not even going to continue to loop this video on the live stream. So if these people are watching that live, I'm just stopping. That's because it. that's all you're getting. That's the... Damn. How do you just let something like that just go? That's the first look right there. Beautiful. Way back in 2017. <laughs> oh, oh is, man. That is five years ago now. Yeah. Yeah. That is five Beautiful. years ago this month that we saw that. Yeah. Right? Um... Metroid Prime because 3 that Corruption. Was with the Switch announcement, wasn't it? Oh wait, no, that says no, that says June. Sorry, not five years ago this month. Yeah, it's oh, June thirteenth. <laughs> but still, though, right, I thought I thought that was kind of with like that Switch, like, hey, now you can pre-order thing, which was like five years ago. Now we got a, We got the number four on screen, guys. That's what we got. So Metroid. That's all you're getting. Metroid. Uh, yeah, it was uh, Metroid Prime 3 Corruption was released. August 27th, 2007. We have the potential, and we've had so many rumors and leaks about a Metroid Prime collection coming for the trilogy, which I can just play on my Wii U, but I don't want to. Um, but they that was all revitalized when they said, hey guys, Metroid Prime 4 is coming. And what makes it crazier is that earlier in 2021, we got Metroid news, we had it coming, and it was... Metroid Dread, I was like, oh, I'm not mad. It's like, I'm not as happy as I could be, though. I'm not mad. I'm actually still, I'm a little happier, but, like, that's like me being super hyped for, like, one feet, one meal, and you bring me another really awesome meal that I was, like, was not thinking about at all. Like, oh. Burria tacos, perfect. (laughs) It's not what I expected, but it's still really good. I had an amazing Mexican Mexican omelet. It was filled with chorizo and jalapenos and everything amazing. Mm. It was so good. Mm -hmm. And I really wanted that. I was like, I'm going to get that. And this is the equivalent of like, oh, I can't wait to get that. And then my side, I got to pick pancakes, but I was like, man, I want these fancy pancakes. Though she goes, just do that. (laughs) And I was like, wait, I can do that? I can make the fancy pancakes my side? Then I got Hawaiian pancakes with a Mexican omelet, and it was like hell yeah, dude! It was coconut and pineapple on a on pancakes, and it World was Traveler the over best of both yeah. worlds. That I was like, fantastic. what is this? Uh, and starting. that's how I felt with this. But I was like, but I really wanted that one. Oh, I, I'm not mad that I'm getting this. Right. It's not what I was waiting. It'd be like if I ordered the one thing and they just showed up with the other one instead. I'm like, well, I'm not okay. mad. I, I want both now, but. I'm not mad that you so, gave me this instead. I was reading um, just a bit more about uh, about Metroid Prime 4. When did Reggie step down as the Nor- N- uh, Nintendo of America president? He took the license. Yeah, and very, very sketchy because 2018, <laughs> he said, it's well, in devel- well into development and proceeding well. And mm-hmm. then he left. Yeah, but Was it October uh-huh. 2018? I feel like he stepped down in like an October time frame. Like, let me. Could, I'm just pulling that off like nothingness. Hmm. Yeah, I can't remember. Man. 
way too long ago. Man, October 13th, Metroid Prime 4 job ad mentions emotional scenes and cinematic pillars. Um, man, it's just like... The Wikipedia page for Metroid Prime 4 is just sad. <laughs> All it is is nine references. There's nothing else <laughs> there. Oh, shit. All right. Um, he retired as president uh, April 15th, 2019. Okay, I was completely wrong. He took the license. I'm doubling down on that. <laughs> it's, in his, it's in his pocket, and he's like, if you want it, you gotta go through me. Like, my body oh, is shit, ready. I watched it. I watched it. Shit. Scenes. Yep. Damn it. I Sorry, knew it was going to happen. Fuck shit. Wow. But yeah, good call. Th that one, I I I'm looking at all of them and I'm like, which one will almost definitely never see the light of day? I and I think Hogwarts, Hog Hogwarts Legacy has the highest. Dragon Age probably under that. Yeah, Dragon Age is probably medium. Splinter Cell and then Metroid. So Metroid's at the... That there's no way in hell we're getting that anytime soon. It just, if at all. yeah, if, if at all. <laughs> yeah. Rough. All right. Um, like a rhythm game called Metroid Rhyme. Okay. We oh got our, we got the fifth 2D Metroid game in the series out of nowhere after the game yeah. had been in development mystery limbo for 15 years. <laughs> well, that, that that's what Nintendo is kind of good at, though, right? I mean, what, they, they finding the key to that desk they forgot some dude left with when he got fired a decade ago. Yes, <laughs> no, they, they love keeping things in their pocket until he was the only dude that could unlock of the, the pants they're never gonna wear. Yes, yeah, <laughs> the, it's like it's like finding a it's twenty. Like, you know, yeah, like, shit. The jacket that you haven't worn a couple years and find it a twenty and be like, yo, what is this? <laughs> yeah, That's how Nintendo releases their games now. Yep. Oh man, that is really funny. <laughs> all right we have god, um, damn it nintendo it's not even nintendo it's retro studios like god we have uh we, we have two categories left uh three if you want to break up our game of the year um but we're gonna do uh our biggest surprise we call it out of left field austin yeah so um for me it was a I guess, you know, this is another one kind of like Time Waster that you have to kind of define what you mean. Mm -hmm. So I guess this could theoretically be an announcement. This could be... Uh, it could be a lot of stuff. Yeah. It could be anything, right? So for me, it was a game that when I initially heard about it, and this is kind of true of a lot of uh, reviewers and stuff, I was like, eh, looks like shit. Not interested. <laughs> Which is almost hearing, everything for you, though. That's true. <laughs> and after hearing some, you know, after after seeing some reviews and hearing a little more about it, it's like... Yeah, I'll try this out. And I really enjoyed it. And we're talking, of course, about Square Enix's, Disney's, Marvel's, Guardians of the Galaxies. God damn. That's a <laughs> lot. You put a lot into that. Yeah. Yeah, you typed forever. That was... <laughs> it wore out my keyboard. I had to buy a new keyboard. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's doing a different thing than the Guardians of the Galaxy TV shows. Or I should say movies, I guess. Is there a TV show yet? Probably will be. Probably. Uh, I think there might have been. They're working on it. So, um, you know, definitely doing a, um, it had a different vibe than the movies. It has kind of different characters. There's no crisp rat in this one. Um, He's too busy being Mario. Yeah. He's so cool. So it, you know, it has really good writing, really strong character relationships and everything. Um, 
I still was not super into Peter Quill as a character, but that's fine because, you know, he's just kind of a cipher for you to put yourself into. He has a lot more like dialogue than typical for like uh, you know, first person or, or you know, as a single player RPG. But um yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. I thought the the way that the game functioned was so smartly done because, you know, Star-Lord is like the weakest character. He does the least amount of damage of anyone. But he is like calling out like targets. And, he's calling like, the shots. Strategy and shit. Yeah. yeah, he's like a true leader. Correct. So that was really good. Um, like I said, I enjoyed the game a lot, and uh, really, I mean, it, you know, I, I, this is something that normally I would not even look at. Yeah, it's a superhero movie game. Well, it's a superhero game, which is another thing that you're just you're, you're not a big Marvel guy. Not a big Marvel guy. Not, not a big superhero Marvel guy. guy. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, it's, and this is coming right off the heels of a Marvel Avengers game that I really did not like, right? So, so I, I have this game. I have yet to touch it. It's going to be something that, like, I keep saying, I'm gonna, I'm gonna dive into. I just, you, you know, info. <clears throat> um, is the is the it looks like the conversation um, is very like. Dragon Age, but I, I get a feel that there's more impact than something like Dragon Age, so something more like a Telltale game? Um, is, Telltale is there weight to it? Kind of. Yeah, there is some weight to it, but uh, and some of it is actually time-sensitive, too, so yeah. when you do eventually play, uh, there are some cinematics that you will still... You don't set your controller down because you'll get prompted like oh i need to make a decision and i only got x amount of time to say something and that will also happen when you're actually playing the game too it's like you're walking through an area and drax and gamora are having an argument and then you'll be prompted to side with one or the other and you only have x amount of time or you could just let it go and just say nothing and let them continue too um that was something i really kind of thought was pretty cool that they added into it and i'm absolutely in love with the the approach of the character design especially coming off like the heels like you said something like in game something you know this big marvel cinematic thing where you expect these characters to look a very specific way grimora looks so much better in in this game like Star Lord does as well, but I think that's well, just I because he, I like his jacket; it's pretty rad. Um, well, I think you'll appreciate uh, basically how they designed Star Lord because Star Lord is the name of like a metal band that he was a fan of as a kid, and yeah. so he adopted that to be his moniker when he's in space and stuff. So basically, that jacket Very he's good. doing is like the jacket that he, is for like from a jacket that he wore as a kid, and then he just stitched it on himself and just decided yeah i'm just <laughs> going to call myself <laughs> and they wrote original music for this game to be the star lord band that you can occasionally play in some of the uh after like the huddle up moments that you do uh on nice. top of like the um the licensed music that they have going on in this as well that's awesome yeah i i definitely i definitely see this being uh a, a great pick for a big surprise of the year. I think this was a big surprise for more than one of us. Like Brian, I feel like you were surprised by it after we played uh, the Avengers game. 
Yeah, I'll go ahead and say that. It's like, um, I almost put this in as my out of left field, and honestly, I even almost put this in as my game of the year. Like, that's how much I really enjoyed this game. I really dug it. I love the story. I love the character relationships that they made in this. There was a few moments there where I'm just kind of like, I'm kind of jumping up in my seat like, yeah, this is awesome. Um, Not to spoil them or anything, so... Uh, but yeah, I really enjoyed this game. I, I almost feel like this is what the Avengers game was supposed to be if they did not do the game mm-hmm. of service kind of route. That yep. the way that the story they did with Avengers, with it being very alive, it being focused around Kamala Khan, I almost feel like Avengers was originally they were just going to be you only play as Kamala like here you only play as um, Star-Lord and then that the story would be more single player focused that's that's the impression that I get from Guardians of the Galaxy but I really enjoy this I hope they do more in this universe and the way the story goes it sounds like there's a lot of room to continue with this story and series they actually released a book to um to uh to give you like the backstory of like the things that go on because uh they me- they reference a uh a, like an intergalactic war a lot through this game that sounded really dope and i guess the book is supposed to give you like all the backstory on it nice i'd like to see them um i i, I would i would very much like a like a marvel cinema like a marvel universe like, like much like the sim- Marvel, to- yeah, yeah, yeah. Like just a game-related thing that kind of culminates in something big that people enjoy. That's not the That'd Avengers awesome. game, right? Like, it, I think they're onto something here, and it's different. It's different than than what we've got, you know, what we've received previously. So I'm not gonna say, yeah, yeah, be awesome. I feel like you know more than I do, so I'm just gonna smile and nod, uh, and we'll yep, move. And I'm gonna and, smile and nod that same. And and, and and we'll move on to uh, your Brian, your out of left field. Okay, okay. Pause, pause. Everybody, sound guy in the back. Can we have a second? All right, listener. If you can. Please go review us on a podcast service of your choice. We'd appreciate that. Help people find us. You know, we grow a little bit. It, it just, you know, it'd mean a lot to us. I feel like, you know, we do this. You help us that. We grow a little bit. Everyone's working together. You're kind of part of the team. And I, I know everyone here would really appreciate that, except Johnny. Johnny hates everything, so it's fine. Now back to the show. Yeah, so I struggled with this one a little bit here. Um, as I mentioned, I thought about playing in Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxies. Uh, I also really thought about playing Forza Horizon 5 because I'm not a racing person. And I, for, and yeah, as we, That would have been a great one. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as you notice, like, as we, the year progressed, I got more and more hype for it. And it came out and, like, I really dug it. And I want to get back into it even more. But... I ended up going with Splitgate. Uh, that was one that I just I remember seeing or reading about, and then just completely forgot about. And then it came out, and uh, Jay, you and I, we played it quite a bit, and we had a lot of fun with it and stuff. Yeah, I uh, mean, just it, it's a very simple concept. It's like Halo with portals. 
Yeah, no, that is exactly it. it. It was very Halo gameplay style in that they, the developers even shamelessly said, like, this is heavily inspired by Halo combat, and but they wanted to put a twist on it, and the twist is you can put portals where, um, almost wherever you want, kind of like, um, ha- like Portal the game. Mm-hmm. It works in the same function. You, um, you can put two wherever, and you just go through them, and it changes up like combat so much, and you can just get the drop on people, or people get on the drop on you. Uh, it was just a ton of fun. I loved it. Yeah. No, it is a really good time. Like, I, I was kind of worried that not being able to put the portals literally wherever you want um, was going to, like, detract from the gameplay. But it doesn't at all because there's so many spots. They're they're I brightly, they're well lit. It, if anything. Yeah, they're well lit. You can see where they are. Um, and the more you play, the more you kind of understand, like, where you need to go. And that's interesting, especially when you're playing with other people who are well-versed and, and understand where to go. Right. And it's not just your I portals think... that are around, too. You know, you can... Yeah, you can still go through other people's portals. It's just you can't see through them like you can with the ones that you produce. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or at least you can see through your allies' portals, but you can't see through your team through your enemies portals but you can still shoot through them you can still pass through them yeah so it's kind of like a high reward kind of situation and they can see through it so if you're staring through it and like oh man i (laughs) i'm I'm hesitating going to the other side of this that's bad news yep yeah and i think the other thing too about this is like you can tell that they had fun making it and that was a huge thing for me yeah um they were paying homage to a lot of the games they love um in making it almost to a shameless per, um perspective and then like some of the ways that they developed or they created game modes uh-huh. um, you know what game mode. in particular uh well, the tea bag uh, yeah the tea bag uh where it's it's like uh, it's confirmed kill, confirmed kill yeah yeah but instead you have to tea bag over your uh the kill and to in order to confirm the kill and get the point so you have to that insult is them just, just... brilliant. <laughs> yeah. It is brilliant. And and they definitely had fun, you know, it, it being a um this it's just literally just a a project that um a couple of guys were working on, you know, while they were going to college. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's kind of the the perfect storm ideal situation. Um and they created something great that fuses Portal and Halo and Call of Duty um, in a, like, cheeky, like, fun little, uh, I don't know, this would have been a great for a time waster as well. Because we wasted yeah. a, a decent amount of time this year playing this game. You know what? I I wish I would have thought about that because, I, I mean, there's a good likelihood I would put that in here. Uh, it, it's just... It's so unfortunate it came out the same year that uh, Halo came out mm-hmm. because the gameplay styles are so very similar to them. So they they both scratch that similar gameplay itch that um, because the mechanics, the the shooting and movement mechanics are very similar to each other. It's just they both also have their own individual gimmicks, and I feel like Halo still kind of ekes out a little bit more, but. 
I definitely want to. Honestly, I'm kind of surprised I haven't downloaded it onto uh, my new laptop here and uh, mm. just to have it ready to go. I, I might just do well, not on this internet. When I get back uh, home, <laughs> then, uh, yeah, no, I, I'm totally down to jumping again. Um, yeah. I I can't remember if I because got the I first. Think there is crossplay. I, I don't remember if I got the first season uh, or the first seasons. Um, like pass or whatever it was um but i i loved it because it was the first weapon skin that you got was a um, cardboard skin it was literally a cardboard gun get it. Uh, yeah I, I i'm almost confident that you did get the season pass just so that way you could get that cardboard gun i'm yeah i probably did man I they, think... they made some good decisions with this for sure yeah i they definitely made some good decisions with like the gun skins I think that was one thing that I did. Uh, I I feel like they need to work on a little bit more is like maybe the character player skins. I think that was something that I wasn't a big fan of, and I just kind of was content with sticking with like the default look. Yeah. But I mean, it's it's a free to play game. There um, that is based on the battle pass slash microtransaction system. So mm-hmm. I say give it time, and they'll probably come out, start coming out with some really dope skins that you can uh, acquire. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, but to cheat, uh, I also put something else in here. But I'm not the only one who's cheating in this category, so I don't feel quite so bad. <laughs> Uh, I threw in uh, Arcane on Netflix, uh, so not really a game, but game related. Uh, I'm going to throw this on here because let's face it, that uh, typically video game to screen adaptations are usually really bad. Um, yeah. it, at times, you get maybe some mediocre ones, but uh, Arcane is Netflix's uh, animated series based in the League of Legends universe, and uh, I after watching it once i feel like this might be one of the best things that netflix has to offer i i yeah it, that's all that i can say about it like i think the writing the animation style i mean they it, put 10 i believe it was 10 million dollars per episode mm-hmm. uh into the series and it shows and it looks amazing i love the style for it but I love how much care they put into the character development and growth of each of these characters. And I'm coming from this uh, just to give a perspective. I have no background in League of Legends. I never played it. I've only played uh, the mobile version, um, Wild Rift, uh, a few times over the summer, and that was about it. Um, So I don't have any history with this franchise, but I was absolutely all in with uh this series and the voice acting was phenomenal i just i couldn't i have nothing but praises for this series yeah it has i advocate it to pretty much anybody who will sit and listen it it has no business looking as good as it does no matter how much money they spent on it the voice actor for the main antagonist antagonist silco does such a great job he is such a great character and I yeah. Nice. Yeah, good definitely good call out. Maybe that's something in the future. Um, you know, if we find things that we're really interested that are not that's not game related but we ingested a lot of over the year. Yeah, maybe we can chuck in um uh, uh you know, a category revolving around that. Yeah, I figured 
I figured uh, this deserved uh, a call out just because of the history of ga video game adaptations to screen and that this one not only managed to break the mold, but did it in such an excellent way sure. that I think deserves some recognition here. Oh, yeah. All right. For me, um, it wasn't a surprise, but I still wanted to give it props anyway. Um, my uh, out of left field was The Ascent. Um, this also could have been exchanged with my time waster, for sure. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I pumped a, a decent amount of time into this game. Um, not Nowhere near as much as like New World, but I, I loved what was going on. I loved the um, very successful and real-feeling um, cyberpunk world. It, it felt very uh, mafia. Um, you know, lots of different people that have their, you know, hands in lots of different like cookie jars in this world and there's multiple people that have their hand in the same jar at the same time um it, it feels dirty and gritty but the people are just you know surviving ma making it happen um yeah. and uh your character gets just thrown into the middle of that like right away um you get to explore these the basically the garbage dump all the way to the to the tippity top of the of, of the highest uh you know the highest tower um it's almost kind of like uh you know just your class commentary kind of deal like snow piercer or something like that yeah yeah um all in all if, if you haven't seen this i mean you can grab it on game pass um yeah. it was done by a team of 12 um, by uh, Neon Giant, um, which this is their first game in the industry, um, and the one of the directors. As I was going through my college career and at, in college um, experience and and learning the uh, learning the art of like video game making and video game art, um, the name Torfric came up a lot. Um, and he, uh, you'll notice this game looks a lot like, um, like a, a lot like uh, Wolfenstein and Doom. It has a lot of very rigid, hard surface Chunky. models. Yeah, yeah it, it's kind of like when you look at like Gears, you know, and it, it, they're very thick characters and very thick weapons. Mm -hmm. It's it, incredibly similar. Um, thick with a double C. Yes. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> And you can, uh, you know, with that, um, that he, I watched, I watched Tor's progression even before Neon Giant was coming out. He's working on things like, uh, like I mentioned, Wolfenstein. Um, he was doing the vehicles, and then he's like, "Oh, I I'm gonna model not only model the vehicle, but I want to light the interior." And I want to make things move in the interior. And that was all him figuring out how to make this game um, while working on something else. And the, the progression was just so good. Um, this game is uh, an, considered an action role-playing game, uh, but it's a twin-stick shooter. Um, you can play it with multiple people, um, which is definitely how I recommend it. It's... Uh, it's it is just plain and simple this game is a lot of fun 
there's no other thing that I can uh, say other than this game is fun. I think that's the best compliment I can play this game. It's it's badass, but while it's badass, it's also just a lot of fun to play. I need to give this another go around. I started playing this a while, and I think I got about an hour or two into it. And I haven't gone back to it since. I really should pick this back up. Yeah, no, we're incredibly spoiled with a lot of really cool things um, that come out really frequent. So, um, you know, you can look at this game easily and go, oh, it's on Game Pass. Awesome. Yeah, I'll pick it up and play it later. Um, But yeah, uh, hopefully with with any luck, if this out of left field uh, section, uh, if it doesn't do anything... Uh, hopefully it has some of our listeners try some of these things that that we're that we're checking out like even guardians of the galaxy as as good as it is yo awesome that's not something you would have been into like you actually dogged it like when it was coming out you're like dude this looks like (laughs) shit this looks like absolute dog shit um yep so yeah um i i think that i think if we get one person to try one of these games i think that's a win but we're not done yet uh, Johnny cheated, um, but his is next. <laughs> well, I cheated because I actually put my main choice in before I went on vacation. Um, so, like, right before Christmas, I popped up my my top pick for the out of left field, my biggest surprise, as Dungeon Encounters. Of the third kind. <laughs> I picked Dungeon Encounters up at launch and played it like crazy. Um, for for the first few days it was there, and I still go back to it on my Switch constantly because it's really just a very easy pick-up-and-play bare-bones game, and I've talked about it several times before. Um, it's it's a very weird music. game, yeah. It is. It's a weird game, <laughs> and I, I really, really recommend people play it um, if you're a fan of like old-school turn-based RPGs or like Labyrinth Crawling like this one. But it's not... I don't know it's weird like you don't have all your characters showing up on screen during your battles uh, and you don't have to and you're not like you know watching your character jump over and attack this one back and forth uh, it's all very very straightforward yeah it's your like they're laid out in front of you kind of like how Final Fantasy X had its turn system um, but you have your little active time battle system that's there, so each like your your character's speed on their ATB is what determines how fast it fills. Uh, but you can kind of sit there and plan which attack is going to come next and know which enemy you need to take out first. Um, and it, sometimes it feels like a trading card game as well because you're not just like you have to deal damage to someone's HP or MP to get it to drop to zero, and then you actually take out their basically their life points um, as it were because they have like their their different kinds of stats that you can attack and different kinds of attacks hit differently you have some that do a set amount of damage every attack you have some that do a random amount determined between two different amounts it's weird it's so weird to describe this game without just telling people to watch a video for it and try it yeah um i wish there was a demo because i feel like more and more people would try it out and get hooked on it but i i really enjoyed it and it gets to a certain point where the depth really comes in where you can drop off the edge of the labyrinth and go floors deeper. Nice. Um, I, I, I you... we were talking about it before when when we saw this one, and I was like, man, what, you know, we were like, wait, what? What is that again? And then we, 
I had to be reminded, at least I know I had to be reminded on what it was and the bare minimum. Well, you know? Well, didn't we first come across this? Like, we didn't really even know about it until we were doing a monthly release podcast. Um, yeah. I think it was for October, and that's when we first came across this and we were watching this. And it's just like, it's such a unique concept that I think works really well. Well, this one got announced at the one of the Square Enix presentations. Yeah, that's what, I, that's, it was. What it was. that's what this one was. This was a Square Enix presentation that's because I was hyped was. for it right off the bat when I saw like who was doing the music and everything for it. Um, but also, like, this game was developed by the main person responsible for the active time battle system that was premiered right. in Final Fantasy IV. Right. So that's what kind of pulled me into it is that was one of my first Final Fantasies. I love the character artwork, and it's made even better because your character art is mostly just those little art cards that you see for the different monsters and the different NPCs or the different playable characters. But one thing that I love is if a character dies, if you're like eight floors deep and someone dies, you can just you just have to leave them. Like if someone becomes a statue yeah. or gets peril, gets um, petrified, you just have to leave them. And if you go back up to the surface and recruit somebody else, it'll still show the position, what floor, what tile that other person was left on, so you can go back to them and get never, them. Like if they had, never leave Sir Cat behind. Never forgotten. Like if they had certain gear on them that you want to get back, and you have to run back down and get it, you have to go back down with only three people in your party, add them back to your party, take the gear off them, and then leave them again and take off, Jesus. or maybe maybe come back with an item to be able to heal them. Uh, it's you just it's deep. It's just pillage their their like dying corpse. They're like, I'm not dead. I'm still That's dying. Cool. And you're no, like, no, I need those gauntlets. Cool, thanks. There's one character that in the very beginning of it, he's like two or three floors deep, and it tells you what position he's on. So he's somebody you can't recruit right off the bat because you can only take people from like the school that you're at. Um, but as you go further down, if you only have three people instead of the full four, and you get to the tile that person's on and open up your menu, they're there, and you can just add them to your party. Wow. But they don't show up on the overhead map or anything. They just, like, you just have to know what tile you're on and that that's where they're located. Interesting. Gotcha. So from, like, a numbers management God, point of view of deep too. where you are is what I absolutely love. Yeah. Yeah, this is an easy game to like if you're really into those types of things. Yeah. Yeah, but, it, you know, it's overall... It's a hyper-specific game. Like, it's a very hyper-specific kind of game. And it's bare bones. It, it really surprised me. Yeah, and I think it surprised me so much because of how bare bones it is and how deep it actually is. Like it's, it's so hard to say. It is very bare bones, but it's also like super, super deep. Yeah, and it's doing something so specific that it's able to do something really interesting with that. Well, yeah, like it doesn't need to have all the extra. It doesn't have all the extra bloat to it. It's not. It's unnecessary. They there's they, a portrait of a guillotine. Yeah, you can just fight a guillotine at one point. There's there's a dog. Great. There's French a nobility be like. There's a dog with a sword in its mouth. And then Ooh, Sir like Cat. That. Yeah, no, so you can have the dog yeah. with the sword in its mouth and, and Sir Cat. And and Chunky Cat, which is great. I mean that's pretty much that's the whole party. I only that's need my two. team. Yeah. That's my party. Um, <laughs> <Small> Chungus. <laughs> but the it, it's smart because they they probably identified like, hey, we can get the art or we can out you know, we can make the art or we can outsource the art. But that's not what we want to spend our money on. That's like, that's smart. And as you can see from this still, this actually shows it off perfect. Every character has everything has HP, but they also have PD and MD, so physical defense and magic defense. So depending on how your characters are loaded up, 
you might be a, you might have made a mistake and only loaded up characters that can do all physical damage or all magic damage. Right. But either way, you can't deal damage to something's HP until it's either its PD or its MD is down. What's that on? Uh, what's that on the right of the yeah. bar next to the name where it says like Raging Tempta, uh, Tempest? It says ING. Oh, okay. So it just kind of like scrolls and tells you what the attack is or whatever? Yeah, that's the attack that it's getting ready to use. So it'll, it kind of gives you a little bit of warning at that point so you know what's coming up. Um, but you can have some attacks that can hit multiple enemies at once, which uh, do a little bit less damage. You can have some that do fly. You can have uh, ones that target flying enemies specifically. Hmm. It's, it's just so weird because it, like it, it almost feels like a card game because of how bare bones it is, but it's not. Yeah. Being able to like go five floors deep and then retreat all the way back to the surface just to go back to another shop to buy more gear to get you down even further. Nice. Yeah, no, I think this might be this might be one that I end up picking up uh on the Switch. You know. It'd be a good game to a good like, oh, it's super it's super it feels like a Switch it, game. It's great on the Switch. It feels so perfect right there. Nice. Um, but that's like I said, I picked that one though because that's that that was when I got ready to go on my vacation. It was like right before Christmas. I woke up, had to get some stuff going, and um, I cheated because as soon as I got back here and loaded everything up, I had to throw this on here. Uh, another game came out of left field at me just out of nowhere recently because it was a Christmas present. Yeah. What's um, that? Mean? Somebody. I woke up one day and somebody gifted me Inscription on Steam, and I knew nothing about it. I was like, I'm going to try this out. And I do nothing about Inscription. And I booted it up. And it instantly hooked me. Because it is a very dark card roguelike. And it's also Devolver. Which is really isn't bad either. Um, but it's it's weird because you, you're playing a card game. And you have a very small deck to deal with. But your your sort your main resource is squirrel cards that you can pull because you sacrifice them to summon these other animals out. So like different cards have a blood cost, some cards have a bone cost, different things like that. Um, it's it's weird because it's not just the card game. You're also solving puzzles around the room that you're in, trying to unlock the deeper story of what's going on. And very so another cards, very very weird game. Some of your cards talk to you. Uh huh. Sometimes you do these really weird, quirky boss fights, which are brutal. But if you lose, you, as far as you can tell, you 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 don't know if you die. Whoa! Like, what was this lost footage shit that I just saw there at the end? So that's the that's some <laughs> of the whole like behind the scenes stuff. It's really neat. Um, there's wow. also an absolutely wild mod out there for it now too, which is just kind of insane. Hentai mod. Um, and, no, no, not that. <laughs> not, uh, I, no, not I, that. I DM'd you something like that earlier, though. So never mind. <laughs> Maybe. Um, now you can get a like. There's a demo out there for it. There's some other stuff that you can actually pick up, like some little um, bonus decks and stuff like that, um, or well, some other little bundles and stuff. I mean, which are out there for it. But where was it? There's totally. There's a ridiculous mod out there for it, and I can't remember what it was, and it really caught me off guard, because I've seen some people stream this, and that's kind of what got really cool. Oh yeah, Casey's mod is a, a, a mini expansion, like a little extra uh, mod you can do for it. But just the base game itself, it's it's just really unsettling as you play it. Yeah. Um, the, 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 the audio is really good. The It gets very stressful, too. Like, if you get stressed out playing card games, this will definitely do it. This will do it. 
It looks you know, it looks stressful. It is, and sometimes things get really unfair because there's like little um, totems you can get that unlock different abilities, which are like constant for the entire battle. That might give all of your care or all of your cards a certain ability, or all your enemies' cards a certain ability. Right. Um, but sometimes the enemy will just give up, and he'll be like, "Well, I guess this is it. You win this one." And you can choose to just end it there and be like, "Yeah, cool. I won this one. Fine." Or you can just kill him and like just finish the round and like do the extra damage. Because if you do overkill damage, you get little bonuses for it that you can um, use in, for in other rounds. Right. Hmm. But it's it's weird. It's so hard to describe, and it's it's worth watching. But if you are a card game fan and a, a card game roguelike specifically, I thought it, I thought it was super fun. Um, I like the darker I like the darker aesthetic. I like the the grittiness that's there, and it's it is really really hard. Nice. Yeah, that one sounds interesting. <clears throat> All right, I guess it's time. I think it's time to get to the actual our personal picks for game of the year. Um, since two of us have the same thing for game of the year, I think we'll just dive into that uh, in tandem. Um, so Austin and I picked the same thing. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised that you picked the game that you picked. I considered putting this under my surprises. Okay, so you enjoyed it quite a bit then. Yeah, but I kind of anticipated. So, like, uh, the end of last year into the beginning of this year, mm-hmm. uh, me and Shannon played through uh, Resident Evil Biohazard to prepare for uh, Mommy Dimitrescu, of course. Uh-huh. So, yeah, my game of the year and yours as well was uh, Resident Evil Village. Um, yeah, definitely unexpected for me. I'm not really into horror games generally. Uh, specifically, I'm not into Resident Evil, but um, they're just doing something different with these, and it was different enough that you know something I was interested in and could get through it without uh, having to go online constantly and look things up. And I mean, they've these ones are a lot more uh, simple than some of the previous. Uh, you know, there's a lot fewer enemies in general. Uh, the enemies that are there, you can dodge, which I guess that's true in. Uh, previous Resident Evil games as well, but yeah, um, yeah. Generally, I think these are just a lot more streamlined, um, simplified, and uh, yeah, I liked it a lot. Yeah, um, uh, I really, really loved Seven. Um, the 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 way that Seven made um, it, it was a complete change, of course. It was a revitalization of the whole series, yeah. And it was a, a they were able to take a horror, an action game, finally able to take uh, their their horror game and blend it with action instead of the Resident Evil Four switch that we saw. It went straight action. That game, right. I would I, I I would argue and say that it's not a horror game anymore. Um. But seven, seven did that successfully, and I think this is stepping back into that action game. So I think this is a really interesting blend of the the horror that seven brought, but it is kind of moving in that direction of more of just a straight action game. It's telling a cool story, you know. Most people, if you haven't played it, you know the um, Lady Domitresk, um section. She's the character. They're like they they. St- realized they struck gold with uh um giant mommy over there and, and it's funny uh, how they like 
They leaned yeah, they into had it. No idea how big she was going to be. They really leaned into it in the marketing. Yeah, and she's like the probably the shortest boss. Yeah, no, she's not even my favorite boss. No. Uh, like uh, out of out of all of the, uh, I, I don't know. I, I guess I'll say four. You know, but when I think about it, I'm ish. like, oh yeah, there's four ish. Yeah. Um, and the, I think the one that I like the most was the shortest. Okay. Um, but very very well done. Um, the, the gameplay it felt like a Resident Evil game should feel. It, it felt very familiar. Um, exploration was fun. The inventory management, you know, kept you on your toes, especially in those more, um, like, like more difficult levels. Man, I struggled with with some of those more uh, like higher difficulties. Um, so yeah, no, they they did. Um, the only negative that, that I could really think about with the game as as a whole is the like i'm not a big fan of the survival things that they do mm-hmm. and it seemed like they focused a decent amount of resources into that um or it's kind of like that that how fast can you be you know beat this like level or whatever it's not even the level you're beating like how many how fast can you kill x amount of enemies to get the highest score and yeah that's just not my jam but they um so, so I, I kind of looking at it as my game of the year. I do kind of take that out of it. I kind of look at the, the story, those initial playthroughs that I did, um, and you know how much time I spent with it, how much I enjoyed it. I liked I liked Village a lot, but I had one major complaint the whole time. Not even the whole time, because like as the game itself, it was fine. I loved the game. But I did not like the mercenaries mode. Right. And we're still waiting on RE Verse. Yep. I, I have no idea came, what's happening with RE Verse. Yeah, like that that yeah. was that came with Village. Like that was a selling point for a lot of people. Well, I doubt it was actually a main selling point, but it could mm. be argued that it was a selling point for at least some people. Yeah. And it still hasn't happened. Um, it's been delayed well into twenty twenty two at this point, obviously, because now we're in twenty twenty two and it's not here yet. Um, and I feel like that just that that took it away from me a bit. So I stood back a little bit on that. That I really enjoyed the the campaign to to Resident Evil Village. Oh, I loved it for sure. But but there were some there were just some missed promises on that and uh, a couple other gaps that I wasn't a fan of. Because as much as I did like it, I wanted to judge it as a whole, and I just didn't enjoy Mercenaries. And then with RE Verse still not out yet. I couldn't make it my game of the year because I feel like it was just an incomplete experience based on what was marketed at that point. Sure. <clears throat> All right. Um, Brian, we'll move on to you um, for the the big surprise. <laughs> yeah, big surprise here. Um, I This is one that I also went back and forth on. I contemplated doing uh, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy I actually kept writing this, and but I just kept going back to uh, Halo Infinite. I honestly, I think when people look back on 2021, I think Halo is going to be the standout title that everyone will remember from this last year, just because it was in the news so much. There was so much writing on this uh, game, and uh, 
343 Industries knew that, and they knew that they had to deliver, especially after they had to uh, delay it for an entire year and rework it after the initial reception of what happened in 2020. And so they knew that um, with the importance of it being the 20th anniversary of Xbox and the franchise in itself. And the big question was, uh, was the campaign going to deliver? Because the multiplayer they did uh, a few uh, test flights with, then as a surprise on the actual 20th anniversary in November, they released the multiplayer at, into early access beta for everyone to be able to play. And the multiplayer is just as solid as any of the franchises probably. And like I said before, when I was talking about in our Time Waster segment, that this is the best that Halo has ever felt. And, mm -hmm. but the question was, is the campaign good? And when it finally released in December, the answer was a resounding yes. They did a very original, well, not original to video games, but original to the franchise by making it open world and non-linear in your approach on where to go and how to uh, just basically up, uh, attack bases, enemies, they gave you more options in your gameplay experience. Uh, they created, they they actually added in like an actual boss fights that you can uh, that are actually really memorable. Um, the only other time that they've had like I would consider a boss fight, with the exception of the very poorly executed um, the um, one created dude from Halo 5 that everyone hated was Tartarus and even then it just wasn't well done but here like you remember the fights with in the tower and uh, at the excavator uh, with Brassus and stuff like that and mm -hmm. they're just so much fun and the way that they implemented equipment that you're basically <laughs> Spider-Man swinging your way up the mountainside or you're able to grapple weapons to you when you've ran out of am ammo for whatever it is that you're currently holding. And the other thing that was awesome about that was the care that they put into the story. Halo 5's story was just kind of a bit of a letdown, almost felt like a side story. And what they chose to do with this is that this wasn't a full reboot. They continued the story, but in a way that brought it back to what um, people loved about the franchise. They drew on the inspiration of what Halo 1 did. They brought back that original feeling of, okay, this it. we know the Halo rings, but this is something still that feels new and unexplored and just ultimately alien about it. And but they still carried on the story of what happened with Cortana and uh, they introduced, they combined, or they introduced in the enemies from the Halo Wars series, the Banished, into it, and made Atriox and uh, the Banished a real force to be felt. Even though mm. uh, Atriox was largely not in the game, the the main bad Banished was um, his mentor Esherim, 
you still felt the presence of what Atriox stood for the Banish and all that. And it's just, there was a lot of atmospheric and environmental storytelling um, that helps kind of give um, an idea of what has gone on these last six months that Chief kind of was just out of it. And I think for just a lot of this is just, this not only is my personal game of the year, but I feel like is going to be the game of the like the game that defined 2021 because so much of 2021 was what is happening with Halo. How is it going to? God, I hope it turns out really good, and it actually delivered despite all the pressure that it was facing. Hell yeah! All right, and last but not least, Johnny. Yeah, uh, my game of the year was a tough one to narrow down but in the end I settled on Metroid Dread okay. and I did that for a couple reasons the biggest reason being that it's a game that got announced and dropped this year well in, in the same year um, and that almost never happens at least with big titles the fact that they told us Metroid Dread was coming and then it came out as soon as it did was completely mind-blowing wasn't ready for that at all uh, but when actually sitting down and playing the game because I was very excited for it I played all the 2D Metroids um, multiple times Metroid Dread just felt right the entire time um, there were very few points where I felt like I was getting stuck and at that point it really was just a matter of doing something wrong myself because the game was very intuitive on telling me what I needed to do because I played the other Metroid games before. Um, <clears throat> the hardest parts to it were probably the dumb little robot chase scenes, but they were meant to be stressful. They were meant to like wreck your life when you would deal with them. That's why autosaves were a thing. But beginning to end, I absolutely loved Metroid Dread. It got really, really hard at times. Sometimes it just felt very easy. Um, but they also made a, made sure that every little puzzle that I would have to solve and every little boss fight or every new enemy that I would encounter, I had to do a little more thinking about it. I couldn't just jump in and know what I was doing. For sure, for sure. Um, it was an awesome wrap-up to the final, like, to, to finish off the story for all the different Metroid stuff. They, they told us right off the bat this was going to be the end of, like, the, the Metroid line as far as, like, the, the 2D side-scrolling main Metroid games uh, Prime is its own thing um, even though the story kind of filled out in this takes bits from all the different stuff out there I was really glad while playing it that I played the 3DS version of Metroid 2 because they took a lot of the mechanics from that you can tell it was a stepping stone to get them to here but the game runs really well on the Switch it is absolutely gorgeous on the OLED which was the launch the same day as the game came out I, I really can't say enough good things about Metroid Dread, and I wanted to try to find many bad things to say about it when it came out, but the only complaints I had were that I just wasn't used to certain things. Um, it has a way of teaching you to use every button on the Switch, because everything does something, and sometimes it feels like it can be overwhelming, but once you do it once or twice, it becomes just second nature. Okay. I almost feel like I remember hearing a lot that the reason to get a Switch OLED was this game. 
Oh, this game is gorgeous in handheld mode. I played a lot of it on the T. I, I streamed a lot of it, so I played a lot on my TV. Um, but it is absolutely gorgeous in handheld mode. Um, the colors really pop. The, the the contrast with all the darker areas, um, and the fact that you're on an OLED screen where you know it's it's not individual. It's 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 not backlit or anything. So if you have black on the screen, it's it's a black screen. That part of the screen's just not on. Um, I absolutely loved it though. Um, I, I think there were some other games I was on the fence about, like Resident Evil, but like I said earlier, for different reasons, I just kind of passed on that one. Um, Metroid Dread, though, it, it came through, it delivered. Um, it's also still being speedran like crazy, and it only took a matter of like a day for people to realize they could beat the game in less than a, less than two hours, and then yeah. it just kept getting shorter and shorter and shorter from there. <laughs> um, and and the so developers... this will be a good speed run there. Oh, it's a great speedrun game, and the my favorite part is that the developers even anticipated people sequence breaking, which happens a lot in the Metroid games. You know where you find a way to get really good at certain movement and get to an area you're not supposed to be at yet because you don't have a certain power up or something. Um, you can go out of order and get like the morph ball and the bombs before you're supposed to even have them, and it unlocks a quick kill for Kraid, which. It, 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 every game has a quick kill method for him, but this one was hard coded in there as like kind of a reward that if you skip around and go out of order on some things and figure this out, it's a really awesome cutscene that plays to show you a, a different way of completely wrecking that poor thing's life. Um, <laughs> it's it's so so good for any Metroid fan that hasn't played it yet, I don't know why you haven't. I assume you would have bought a Switch specifically for this by now. Um, I'm actually sitting on an unopened copy of the Special Edition because I bought two of them because I was so hyped for this game to come out and it did not disappoint me in the slightest. Yeah. Nice. So it sounds like every single one of our games have uh, uh, specific boss fights that that we were really <laughs> interested in. It's It's... An interesting, like I'm surprised That's that there's that kind of theme. <clears throat> um, yeah. so awesome. Uh, with Metroid, it was really cool that they like that was kind of a tip of the hat, like from the developers. Like, yeah, we know that you're probably gonna do this, so if you do play the game out of order, which is kind of difficult to do unless you're really, really good at precise controls. But, like, if you do the stuff out of order and go to the boss fight with these abilities, then, yeah, here's a thing you can do, and I think you'll really appreciate it. And it definitely did not need done. It's just the super small touches like that. Um, I, I loved it. And I thought that was one of the coolest things when I found out about it. I was like, that's that's dope. I am way too lazy to ever put something like that into a video game. <laughs> the fact that they were totally all about it, that's just so great. Yeah. Awesome. So, <clears throat> I think we were going to do an overall team decision for Game of the Year. I think that's going to be a little difficult. Um, yeah. So, why don't we give it to uh, uh, White Thorn Digital's game, Lake. Hell yeah. <laughs> Finally, something we can all agree on. <laughs> uh, yeah, we haven't had, him on, we haven't had uh, Dr. Matthew White on the show in uh, some time. So, I wanted to do that shout out. Because I played Lake and Lake was great, um, so it was a great Lake. It was a great Lake. Um, I know I didn't call it out on here, but I think my game of the year is probably Bunkers and Badasses. Yeah, you know, 
I almost put that on there as well. That's tough because be opposed to making that our uh, our overall um, game of the year. Yeah, especially right. after. Um, I mean, it was my introduction to uh, tabletop, and I instantly fell in love with it, and to the point where I spent the time to learn how to run a tabletop game, so that way I could do it with friends over uh, New Year's Eve. Nice. Yeah. Um... Bunkers and Badasses, of course, the um, tabletop RPG for uh, Borderlands um, with the fantasy aspect of Tiny Tina running uh, a D&D campaign, basically. Um, the game go... within a game within a game. Yes, uh, you can go pick that up. Uh, I think it's still on sale. 60 bucks gets you the core book. Um, I, I think there's um, maybe there's the deluxe edition. It's listed on their site for... Uh, 120. I comes think with the deluxe is still cool available. Stuff. Yeah, it comes it with a bunch of about out of stock. Comes so. with a bunch of cool stuff that uh, Brian used uh, over this past weekend to uh, is make memories. It has everything that you need. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, That's the imagination of me and Jay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and our little puppet show. <laughs> oh God. It's just something that'll never hit the, like, end up, like, probably uh, seeing the light of day. But yeah, I know a lot of, uh, we've had it, a lot of downloads on the Bunkers and Badasses episodes, too. So yeah, we, we have people, it out. we have people, somebody sent us a message about it. Yeah, saying that, like, our playthrough was more well done than the IGN playthrough. <laughs> and I was like, damn, dude, okay, that's cool. the shit out of the IGN staff in the game. <laughs> and maybe in real life, I don't know try it nerd. <laughs> it's the kind of game that's just so perfect for one shots it's just so so perfect to craft your own little one shots because you can be yeah. so ridiculous um, or yeah. or really play and then there. yeah play and then you know it's it you can do it all in one go and then pick up those characters you know six months later and and that's keep playing we talking about um yeah that's what we were talking about before we started recording was just like with this it's it's very beginner friendly but it's also very like long term like friendly too where let's face it trying to schedule out like getting D&D sessions in and stuff might be a hassle because some of those yeah. like campaigns can go for a very long time whereas this you can you can craft it down and make it work where if you it's infrequent that you're getting together to play this you can still make it work very easily yeah Awesome. So uh, yeah, I think we're in. Um, I, I I think we're in agreement. The game of the year is Bunkers and Badasses. Perfect. I'm down with that. All right, guys. Well, uh, that is basically our recap of our favorite games from uh, you know most, even most anticipated, but most played, most anticipated. Um, and, and a few other opinions, including, of course, our uh, our game of the year. So, um, thank you guys for joining us. Um, join us next week. We'll have uh, we'll be back to our regular regularly scheduled program of your weekly news and more. Um, I, I have to throw it out there. You have until um, January sixth to go pick up the uh, uh, Tomb Raider. All three Tomb Raider trilogy from um, Epic Games. So go go grab that as well. Um, it's free. So even if you don't have a system 
uh, don't have a, a PC that can run that. Yeah, definitely go grab that. Um, it's it's uh, kind of like a Merry Christmas to yourself for getting that one for free. Um, but until next time, guys, I am one of your hosts, Jay. With me this week, we have Austin. Yep. Johnny. Yeah. And Brian. Hey. Thanks for joining us, guys. Have a good one.